The Amazing Beauty of Creation is brought to you by CompuKids. CompuKids is an online technology academy for kids. CompuKids offers courses like game development, coding, app development, graphic design, and animation, all especially designed for kids. The CompuKids courses are all available as downloadable multimedia ebooks. CompuKids will help you to prepare your child for the fourth industrial revolution by providing them with valuable technology skills. Support the show by visiting www.compukids.me. That's .me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm your host Bilal Katrada. And I'm your co-host Talha Katrada. And today we're going to talk about an animal that is mentioned over and over in the Quran and has very strong ties with Islamic history. We're talking about the camel or as the Quran refers to it as the ibil in the 30th juz of the Quran. Allah Ta'ala talks about the camel. Afala yanzuruna ila ibili kaifa khuliqat. Now, in this series of ayat, starting from the one that I just uh, read, Allah Ta'ala is turning people's attention towards His creation yet again. And He says, He's instructing us, go and study these creations. Go and study the camel, how it was created. And in doing that, you'll understand and appreciate Allah Ta'ala and His might. So, among other things, Allah Ta'ala mentions the camels, but He also mentions the sky, the mountains, etc. So today we're going to focus on the camels. Now, there's two possible reasons why Allah Ta'ala singled out the camel in these ayat, specifically the camel. He could have mentioned any animal, but he chose a camel. Now, this, the two reasons are this. One is, obviously, the direct recipients of this wahi, of this ayat, was people of the desert who were very familiar with camels. They worked with camels. They rode camels. Camels were the source of not just a mode of transport, but the source of livelihood. They uh, animals of burden, the ways to load uh, goods and take from place to place through the desert. Just as our cars are today for us, whether you got a car or a bucky or a truck, now imagine in place of every car, bucky and truck, they only had camels. So this is this was the the one benefit of uh, bringing camels to, or referring to camels in the ayah. The other is the less obvious reason, and that is camels are truly, truly fascinating creatures. They are one of the most fascinating some of the most fascinating creatures on earth and in today's episode we're actually going to explore why camels are so fascinating but before we go there the other aspect uh, about camels that's really great is their strong ties with islamic history particularly the prophets i mean we know the prophet وسلم, the prophet muhammad وسلم, had a camel called qaswa and that's the one that uh, he he rode on the, the 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 hijrat from Makkah to Medina, then the Quran makes reference to a story from the life of the Prophet Saleh, who made a camel come out from a rock. 
So when his people challenged him to perform a miracle to prove his prophethood, to prove that he is, has indeed been sent by God to guide them, he performed this miracle where a pregnant she-camel emerged from a solid rock and it gave birth in front of everybody. But that too wasn't enough, unfortunately, to convince uh, those people. So, right, let's come back to the camel, Mr. Talha. Tell us, the most striking feature of the camels is obviously the humps. Is it true what we learned in, in primary school, that there's water in those humps? In a way, yes, but not exactly like that. Now, okay, so as you mentioned, the, the, the hump is the most prominent feature of, of a camel. It's the most iconic feature. When people think about camels, they think about the hump. And the humps actually, you can use the humps to find the between, to look between the two different species of, of camels. You actually get two types of camels. You get the dromedary camels, which have just one hump. And then you have the Bactrian camels, which have two humps. But regardless of, of the number of humps that, that the camel has, those humps play an important role for a camel's survival in the desert. Now, in desert, food and water isn't always available. They're kind of rare, especially during certain times or, of year. So that, and that's one of the reasons why deserts are so desolate, where you don't see that many large creatures in the desert. It's for the simple reason that they can't survive. But camels don't seem to mind this at all, and that is because of their humps. So those humps store fat. They're like little fat reserves. And during the times of year when there's not much food or water around, the camel uses the fat stored in those humps to, to survive. Uh, camels can live for, for months without, I mean, just off their humps. In fact, uh, some camels have been recorded to go up to six or seven months without eating or drinking, wow. just living off their just humps. Just living off the fat reserves. Correct. And I mean, I think just that fact alone makes camels some of the most incredible species on the planet. Think about that. A mammal that doesn't need, living in the desert, that doesn't need to eat or drink for six months. That's amazing. That's, it, it, it's almost hard to comprehend that. I mean, you know, if you think about it, within 10 days a person will be dead if he doesn't eat or drink. But this creature goes six or seven months. That's, that's truly, I think, probably for me, one of the most remarkable facts about, about, um, about camels. Now, they can go that long because they store all of that fat. So that means that when food and water is available, they need to stock up and they need to fill up the, those humps. So they'll eat and they'll drink a lot when, when food and water is available. Uh, in fact, a camel can drink up to 200 liters of water in under three minutes. That's a lot of water intake. That's, I mean, that's... That's very fast, drinking 200 liters in three minutes. I think if you open a tap at full speed, it's to, it won't pour 200 liters in three minutes. Perhaps exactly. a fire hose might. P possibly. And I think this is where the phrase comes, you know, you drink like a camel. Hmm. It's because, you know, you see camels drinking so much. And, you know, th this is remarkable. Liters. I mean, can a camel really drink 200 liters? 
it can and th- that's what's so fascinating about this and most of that water or some of it will get stored away in its hump in the form of fat i mean 201 liter bottles of water 200 that's, that is a lot of a lot of water it is and firstly i mean it's a lot of water to drink at once but secondly i don't think there's any other creature alive that can drink that much water that quickly and survive they'll probably drown they'll probably drown or the, the temperature of their body will fluctuate so much that they could die but the camels again are so perfectly developed for this that their bloodstream and the way they uh, control their body temperatures is so perfect that they can drink this much this fast and they feel fine they, they feel absolutely no uh, consequences or no side effects of this so in three minutes they'll slurp up 200 liters of water and then they're good for six months they're good for another six months now camels also need to eat a lot and in the desert you can't be you can't be picky about what kind of food you want to eat so camels can eat or will eat plants that most other creatures won't even touch and also some plants that most creatures can't even touch for example like like thorny plants most creatures don't have the mouths capable of eating those kinds of plants but camels firstly their their lips are very thick so it prevents their lips from getting poked and their mouths have sort of like a leathery lining inside them so that allows them to chew these kinds of plants no problem at all and again that equips them for life in the desert where a lot of the plants you find in deserts do have spines and thorns on them so even if there were other herbivores living in that area they just wouldn't be able to eat that food and survive but here the camel does it and he doesn't seem to mind at all i think one of the fam- favorite uh, treats for camels is the acacia and acacias is what they call camel thorn uh, that's a nickname for i guess, I guess where, that's where the nickname comes from camel thorns because camels don't seem to mind the thorns at all and yeah this so this helps them to forage not just those but any kind of, of spiny or pokey plant and you know you might not think it but herbivores they also have a taste preference you'll see like in other creatures like cows and zebras they avoid certain plants because those will either be bitter or they'll taste salty but the camel again he doesn't mind that at all maybe he just doesn't have a sense of taste maybe he just doesn't mind the flavor but again in the desert you can't choose to be picky Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, they're living in an in a in an environment where there's very little water and very little food, so um, they they really can't be choosy about their food. This is another way that the creator has adapted them for life in the desert. I mean, if these were picky picky animals, they wouldn't have survived so long. But camels, you can see, are not just. They don't just survive in the desert. They survive and they thrive in the desert. It's as if they they are perfectly comfortable in the desert and won't be comfortable anywhere else but in the desert. Exactly. And that's possibly probably why they 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 used to be the beasts of burdens for for centuries upon centuries in the for the desert dwelling people. And even up till this day, you know, the Bedouins in the desert, camels are the 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 ride of choice because they can survive better than any other creature in the desert and they're incredibly strong they can carry huge amounts of weights no problem well i mean there must be a lot of vehicles that's now taken over from camels i see lots of suvs uh, in the in the desert but uh, yeah i mean 
the camel is still a lot more adapted than even some SUVs and some other vehicles for the desert. Okay, what what besides the the the, the hump and the diet? What what other ways? In in what other ways are camels actually uh, built for the desert or adapted for the desert? Okay, so firstly, let's look at their fur. They have a very thick hide. And you might think this is odd because, you know, you're living in a desert. Why do you have thick fur? Like, it's like someone going into a desert and wearing a thick jacket. You'll think they're mad. But this actually helps the camel survive because that fur insulates its body. So it makes it easier for the camel to regulate its own body temperature. And it makes it a lot harder for uh, external heat, either from this, directly from the sun or radiant heat coming from the, the ground to penetrate its body and influence its temperature. And this helps, firstly, in that way, it regulates their temperature, but it also means that they sweat less. And sweat in the desert is, for a creature that needs to survive months without water, is a huge wastage. So the, the less a camel sweats, the better. And in fact, if you shear a camel, if you take out all of its fur, it sweats up to 50% more in order to try and regulate its temperature. You can, so you can see from that how that fur helps it to, to survive and how it insulates its body and helps it keep itself cool and save water. Wow, that's interesting. So the fur actually reduces water loss through sweat. I mean, we don't realize the amount of sweat that we uh, give off in a day and how much of uh, body fluids actually is lost through uh, sweat. So you say just by shaving off the camel's uh, fur, it actually sweats more. Exactly. And Amazing. Yeah, so if you look at it, everything that about a camel is either got to do with controlling its heat and helping it survive in hot temperatures and saving water. I mean, even camels, sometimes they don't even need to drink. If they eat in a succulent plant or a green plant, their stomachs are so well adapted that they can absorb the water from those plants and they can get hydrated just by eating which again is remarkable in the least you know fantastic now looking back at the fur if you notice the fur on or the skin on the camel's knees and on its chest are particularly thick so during the day in the desert the ground gets extremely hot but the camel might need to rest so those thick pads of skin help the camel to sit on burning hot sand and not get burnt at all okay and in, in fact it, the hair on its or the, the pair of skin on its chest it's actually it's a little th it's a lot it's very thick and that helps to keep the camel's body slightly elevated when it's sitting down and that allows air to flow around under its body and that again keeps it cool okay we don't really realize sometimes you know how hot the desert sand can be. I mean, you walk on a beach on a hot summer's day and uh, without shoes and you're going to get burnt. And I can imagine the desert sand is a lot hotter than that. And these creatures have to walk all day on that desert sand. And when they rest, they need protection from, that, uh, from the heat of the sand. This is an interesting point for me because I never quite thought of it like that. You know, there'll be times when the camel has to sit when it's tired but what does it sit on there's no option of getting a mat to sit on because everything is hot around you and uh, even the rocks 
So it needs some internal protection. This is really very, very interesting. Correct. And the, the sand in the desert, it actually can reach temperatures of about 70 degrees Celsius. 70 Celsius. So that's just 30 degrees below the boiling point of water. Yeah, I mean, you can cook food on, on exactly. 70 degrees. Exactly, it's boiling. So, I mean, if a camel didn't have those pads and it sat down, it would be getting cooked on that kind of heat. And okay, that kind of heat, I mean, think about it. It's not just going to be affecting you when you're sitting, but even if you're slightly above the sand, that heat is it's like a stove. If you put your hand above a, a plate of a stove, you feel that heat radiating towards you. And it's the exact same thing with the sand. So the camel's legs come in, uh, come in handy there. Camels are tall animals. I mean, at the shoulder, they, they're about 1.82 meters tall. And most of that is their legs. And while they stand in, those legs prevent them from getting burned by that radiant heat. It keeps them away from that heat. So mm. again, it's easier for them to regulate their body temperatures. Amazing. And of course, the, the, the hooves must be insulated also to an extent. Correct. And it's also the way they sweat. You know, humans or any mammal for that, creature, for that matter in the desert will get dehydrated very quickly. In fact, I think it's about 10 to 14 percent of your body weight. If you lose that to sweat, pretty much any mammal is going to die at that point. But camels, they can lose up to 25 percent of their body weight through sweat before they start feeling any effects. Oh, wow. So the way that their body is built to handle dehydration also makes them perfectly suited for, for the desert life. In fact, it's like they, our blood cells are shaped like little circles, yeah. but theirs are shaped like ovals. And that helps them to survive both when, it, when they're dehydrated, so they can go longer without dying, and it also helps to, to control their, their temperature when they drink in a lot of water. So normal okay. creatures would die at that point, but camels, because of those, the shape of their blood cells even, yeah. helps them survive. You know, that's an interesting point. I recall reading this somewhere, that when you're in the desert, what happens is through dehydration, the blood actually becomes thicker. Because think about, you know, you're, you're cooking some kind of uh, porridge or soup on the, on the stove. The longer you keep it there on the stove, the more water vapor is evaporating and the thicker that uh, mixture becomes. So this is what happens to any creature's blood. And uh, to, it, it reaches a point in our bodies, it can reach a point through dehydration where the blood is now just too thick to flow. And that's one of the ways a person with dehydration can actually die. But the camel's blood like you said, it's shaped uh, like a um, in in an oval oval shape rather than circular. Now, if you think about uh, a, a whole bunch of blood cells flowing, the ones that are actually oval in shape will, you know, because they are narrower, they'll be it'll be easier for them to flow through the blood vessels, especially the thinner ones, compared to the circular ones. That circ if you know anything about the, the, the circular shape, is that it's, it's a big shape. Try to think about taking a, um, a swimming pool tube through a door, right? A circular tube through a door. You might have to turn it and twist it around to get it through the door. You know, I'm talking about a fairly large one. But 
if you have to squeeze it into an ovular shape, then it's easier to actually push it through the door. Now, that's the analogy of the blood that's flowing in a camel's veins. The circular shape would have caused congestion in the camel's uh, arteries, but the ovular shape actually streamlines the blood cells so that even with a high level of dehydration, it flows uh, quite comfortably through its uh, arteries. This again shows the masterful engineering that went into designing this camel, this creature for life in the desert. I mean, there's no way that a creature can evolve oval-shaped blood cells on a, such a microscopic level. There's no way. I mean, clearly the camel's body shows intelligent design. Not just intelligent, but exceptionally brilliant design. And that's why Allah Ta'ala says, Afala yanzuruna ilal ibil Look at that camel. Look at how it's been designed and how it's been created and how it's been adapted for life in the desert. And then you'll understand the greatness of the creator. All right, tell us more. What about its uh, its its digest its digestive system? Okay, so I mean, in humans, you can you can understand that, or in any creature for that matter, that the digestive system has to do with processing waste. And there's a lot of waste product, especially water, that gets wasted during the digestive uh, process. But again, camels are designed to be extremely efficient when they're processing their water. So, I mean, let's look at their, their droppings, for example. Bedouins sometimes use camel droppings as fuel in, in fires. Now, any mm. other creature's uh, droppings would need to be dried so to get rid of any moisture before you can put it in a fire. But camel's droppings come out so dry that they just can put it straight from the animal into a fire and it burns perfectly. That's it's, because all the water is extracted before it leaves the body. It's reabsorbed into the body. So wow. as little water as possible gets left behind in its waste. And even in its urine, you see it's the camel's kidneys and intestines are also very efficient at wasting as little water as possible. These organs they actually reabsorb a lot of the water uh, that passes through them. And limit the amount of urine that is produced like for an animal of that size and okay, this may sound a bit gross but camel's urine actually comes out like a syrup like a thicker okay. syrup so because it has so less water has content as little water content as possible now in any other creature that's a sign of dehydration yeah but in camels that's a normal healthy creature and that's just because it wants to use as little water as possible so it can save it and it can survive for months at a time without drinking. Truly, truly remarkable, amazing creatures. This, is, this has been a really, really good episode. I mean, this is a creature that we've been instructed in the Quran to go and study. And here we've studied it. And there's so much more. I mean, there's something to be said about the camel's eyelashes, the long eyelashes that, that protect its eyes from uh, the, the, the dust and the sand in the desert, especially during... Um, sandstorms and also the the fact that its nostrils can close tight you know it's like a, it becomes uh like a, like airtight airtight lids that and prevent it, uh, sand from getting and in its nostrils also absorb 
water vapor that gets you know when you breathe out you breathe out a little water vapor yeah the camel's nostrils reabsorb that water vapor so again it's saving water that little bit water that gets expelled when you breathe the camel found a way or has a way not found a way of reabsorbing that and using amazing. it to keep using it in its body amazing absolutely amazing perhaps we should do another episode about camels but anyways this is all we have time for today this has been another episode of the amazing beauty of creation i'm your host bilal katrada and i'm your co-host talha katrada and we'll catch you in the next episode